Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of perfect love. God's love never fails. Never fails. You see, the, the most important thing regarding our attitude towards suffering and fiery trials and that I know that God loves me. None of these things shall be able to separate us from the love of God. The love of God is made evident and proven at the cross, not in my situation and circumstance. Very important. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Are you ready for some encouragement? The simple truth is, no matter what your status in life, no matter your appearance, no matter your current situation, you are loved. That's the good news Pastor Xavier reaffirms in today's continued study series in the Epistle to the Romans. So take a moment and open up your Bible to chapter 8 so you can join him for today's powerful message. Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at verses 31 through 39. The message entitled, The Abounding Love of God. The efficiency of God's love is given to us here from three perspectives. First, we have the proclamation of God's love, verse 31 to 35. Second, the perspective through God's love in verse 36 and 37. And then third, the power of God's love, 38 and 39. Notice in verse 31, the question is regarding all God has done for the sinner. What should we say to these things? The fact that we are justified in Christ. Jesus says there's no condemnation to that individual. The fact that now we are able to um, meet the requirements of the law as we walk in the Spirit. The fact that God foreknew and predestined us to be conformant to the image of His Son. The fact that whom He predestinated, then He also called. Whom He called, then He justified. Whom He justified, then He also glorified. What should we say to these things? Amazing grace. That's all you can say. <laughs> Now notice the answer is given in a rhetorical question. If God is for us, who can be against us? No one can justify a sinner but God. No one can forgive a sinner but God. This is the proclamation of God's love. What can you say about that? <laughs> notice secondly, the perspective through God's love. And it's important, 36 and 37. The world doesn't love God's people. Take note of that perspective. The world will persecute Christians for their belief in God. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. The quotation is from Psalm 44, 22. The authority comes from the scriptures, not the words of man. The truth is unquestionable. Divine revelation. The persecution is due to their identity with Christ. Don't miss that. The persecution against believers is for being identified and associated with God. Listen to the phrase, for your sake. The Old and New Testament give witness to the persecution of Israel and the church by those in the world. The reason being because we're not of this world, Jesus said in John 15, 18 through 21. Now, the boat belongs in the water. It's when the water gets in the boat that the boat gets in trouble. All right? Keep the water out of the boat. 
Notice the persecution is constant. By the hatred of man for God, by the hatred of man for the things of God, and by the hatred for the people of God. Now, we're not talking about religious people. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about people who are Christians, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who believe they're sinners, who believe that you have to repent of your sins, who believe the the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross, who believe that He was God who became man and rose from the dead after His death. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. People hate the gospel. The persecution is because men love darkness rather than light. John 3.19 tells us. Remember? (laughs) We don't mind getting a little spiritual and religious when we're in trouble. When you're in jail or you're in a hospital or something like that. Man, do we pray. Man, do we promise. The world views the Christian as ignorant. Weak and expendable. Listen to the words. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The metaphor of believers being sheep is throughout the scriptures. Sheep are not known for being real smart, but dumb. This is the way the world perceives the Christian. Dumb. The world will persecute Christians for their belief in creation rather than evolution. You, you, you believe that God created this whole thing in six days? Yep. You lost your mind. No, I found my mind. You believe that all this came from nothing? You have lost your mind. How can it come from nothing? It's crazy. People say, oh no, man is good. That you believe in absolute right and wrong. There's morals, there's ethics. And because you don't believe relativism... Then you're persecuted. And if you go to school, universities, and even whatever level school today, you believe in all this, creation, absolute right and wrong, you will be persecuted. The first ones to persecute you are the teachers and the professors. The phrase more than conquerors means to gain a surpassing victory. And it only appears this one time in the New Testament. The understanding is that despite the difficulties of life, a Christian is able to take the things that go on his life and in light of God's wisdom be conformed to his will and into the image of his son as Romans 8.29 says yielding to him the source is through him who loved us notice that the personal pronoun on him refers to Jesus Christ he loved us so much that he became sin for us he loved us so much that he received the wrath of the father on his own person He loved us so much that he cleansed us from all sins. You see, the Christian is to abide in Christ constantly that he might live through the believer. The Christian is never asked to do anything on his or her own strength. Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Christian is told that apart from God, he can do nothing. Jesus said that in John 15, 5. The Christian is not to ever commit himself to anybody but Christ as a faithful creator. Listen to the context. In his sufferings. 1 Peter 4.19 Wow. Because God allows certain things to happen for his glory 
and for our refinement. We go into the fire, this gold and silver that's mucked up with all kinds of alloys and irons that are inferior, and the fire purifies that gold and silver. And all the shaft is left behind. Time allows me to know who I am and what I want to be. The testings and trials of life are temporary. Some are longer than others. But Satan always wants to deceive us and convince us that they are here for the rest of our life. <laughs> Forever. Jacob said, all things are against me in Genesis 42, 36. Remember that? Weeping endures for an eye, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30, verse 5 says. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Psalm 126, 5. But there are the dark times. There are the difficult times. There are the tragic times. Paul lived this paradox as the norm of Christian life. Listen to him in 2 Corinthians 6.10. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing. As poor yet making many rich. As having nothing and yet possessing all things. You want to explain that to me? <laughs> Jesus told his disciples about the tribulation of the world. And Paul told the new converts. That they must enter the kingdom of God through many tribulations. Acts 14.22. John 16.33. Tribulations. Trials are temporary, needful for a while. They're for a little while. They're necessary. And they come in all kinds of fiery experiences. And they prove the genuineness of our faith. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 and 4.12. Wow. God may allow some people to accuse us falsely or to bring harm to us. Joseph was sold by his brothers, accused falsely in prison while he was innocent, Genesis 37, 39. Not only was it needful to preserve the seed of Abraham, which he was completely ignorant about at that time, but God needed to teach Joseph that he had to recognize that it wasn't through his ability or power but by His Spirit and God's timing. This is where we get bogged down. God's delays are not always denials. Though sometimes God says no. And the no is as good as yes. Because it's the best for you. Your child says, you know, Daddy, I like these razors. Can I play with them? Oh, well, I do love you. Yeah, go ahead. No. Speaking to his brothers after the fact, Genesis 50 verse 20 says, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Those of you who have walked with God for years can look back and say amen. Because you understand the things that God has allowed you to go through. You've, you've seen His hand. You've seen His wisdom. God may allow our material possessions to be lost. Or our health. Those are precious things. Job was tested by the loss of his family and possessions compounded by illness. God allowed it at the hand of Satan, by the way. Twice God said, have you considered my servant Job? He's a righteous man. He hates evil. Chapter 1 and chapter 2. The word considers the military word, which means uh, that you consider the most strategic, the weakest point of him to defeat him. But Job's perspective was right. He said, naked I came in from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God foolishly. Wow. Difficult things. Tests. Even though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job thirteen fifteen says. 
God will test you as well as myself to see if we look out for ourselves instead of others. Esther was put in the position of being tested whether she was willing to lay down her life to protect the people of God in Esther 4. Mordecai said, Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? What has God called you to be and do? If it's only one thing and you miss it, bummer. God, who has existed from all eternity, came to walk for 33 years to die for you and me. The set time for such a time as this. God will test us on the commitment of our faith. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were called to deny God. Or they would be cast into the fiery furnace, as you know. And Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. He says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fire for us. And if he will deliver us uh, from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Daniel three sixteen and 18. Is that just a story? Into the fire they went. Neb and everybody's looking there and he says... Didn't we throw three guys in there? I see a fourth as a son of man. He says, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, come out of that fire. I said, all right. They turn, they walk out. Everybody's looking at them, examining them, sniffing them. Don't smell like smoke, nothing. Now you tell me, do you believe that? Absolutely. That's the God we serve. God intervenes in ways that we don't even understand. This is the perspective through God's love. Notice thirdly, we have the power of God's love, 38 and 39. The personal proclamation of Paul's confidence in the love of God is given to us there in 38 and the first portion of 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing. I mean, he, he covers from A to Z. The apostle Paul was persuaded about the efficiency of God's love through us. Don't miss it. The word persuaded there means to suffer one, to be induced, to believe. To have faith in the thing, to trust, have confidence, and being confident. Paul uses it for his confident ability on Jesus to perform the work of salvation to the end. Philippians 1.6 Being confident is the very same thing that he who has begun a work in you shall perform to the day of Jesus Christ. He says the same thing in 2 Timothy 1.12 To commit that work until that day. Confidence in, in him, not in us. The apostle said, death nor life shall separate him from the love of Christ. This is the final enemy of this world. Man cannot escape death. If man does not repent from their sins when they die, they're instantly separated from God for all eternity. But if you're a Christian, you're ushered before the throne of grace. Second Corinthians 5, 1 through 8. You're never found naked. You don't sleep in the ground, the word sleep is a metaphor for the Christian dying, never for the non-believer. The minute you die, you're instantly present. Life in this fallen world can be difficult at times. Man being a sinner brings himself much sorrow and afflictions. I presume you've, you've, you've experienced that about yourself. I have. Welcome to the club of stupidity. We do some dumb things, don't we? 
Man must make his way through regardless of the situation, circumstances, tragedies, disappointments, misfortunes. The witness of scripture and history confirm that when these difficult times come, those who are believers, they draw close to God. They draw from the love of God. Those who were persecuted and burned at the stake. Those who have been beheaded by the Japanese for being Christian during the occupation of many of the islands and other places. Those Christians who were beheaded by Islam through the history past and even today. Those Christians that will be beheaded by the Antichrist. Interesting, they'll have the common ground as Islam. Notice the apostle said that angels, nor principality, nor power shall separate him from the love of Christ. Angels are simply messengers, spirit beings to the earth of salvation. Hebrew 1.14 says, of course, these are good angels. There's bad angels. A third of them rebel with Satan. Some of them are demons. They need a body to occupy. The principalities and powers refer also to angels. But the word principalities means the first or commencing in a series. And powers means inherent strength by virtue of its nature. The two groups of angels are identified here by their rank. It's kind of like a military thing, private, corporal, lance corporal, so on and so forth. There's different ranks of angels. You have the good angels, you have the bad angels. But the good angels are going to be working for us. The bad angels can't do anything against us. You understand? And that's important to remember. Remember, he, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now, notice the apostle says that things present or things to come could not separate him also from the love of God. Things present indicate any and every possible thing in richness or in poverty, in health or in sickness, in freedom or slavery, in peace or in war. Things to come indicate again every possible thing. The loss of health, the loss of family, the loss of a job, the loss of friends, the loss of wealth, the loss of freedom, the loss of life. Notice the apostle says, nor height nor depth shall separate him from the love of Christ either. The height means things elevated, possibly indicating the expanse of heaven. The depths, possibly the oceans, maybe in the depths of, of the earth. He is all present. The apostle says, nor any other created thing shall separate him from the love of God. This is the only one that doesn't have a companion. The apostle finalizes his proclamation by including everything else in existence that God created. Nothing. Notice at the end of 39, the personal proclamation of Paul's confidence in the love of God was in the person of Jesus Christ. It comes full circle. The confidence, assurance is certain. None of these things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. Jesus our Lord. God's love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 18. Never fails. When I yield to God's love, I have never failed. When I haven't, I have failed every time. You see, the, the most important thing regarding our attitude towards suffering and fiery trials, and that I know that God loves me. The love of God is made evident and proven at the cross. Not in my situation and circumstance. Very important. When I was 19, I got struck by a car head on. 
was in a coma for about 10, 12 days, something like that. Didn't die. Thank God I would have been in hell. When I was 23, I lost my right eye through an accident. That's how I came to the Lord. Back in 201, as you know, I was hit on my Harley by another car. Okay? All these things, I never doubted God's love after I was a Christian. In fact, those things tested my faithfulness to the Lord. And it caused me to draw closer to Him. It didn't make me bitter. It didn't say, well, why me, Lord? Because if I did, He would have said, why not you? The Lord um, spoke truthfully about the Christian life. He never deceived anybody. Listen to Him in Matthew 8, 19 and 20. He says, Then a certain rich man came and says, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to them, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has lower na- nowhere to lay his head. Whoa! You're going to follow me. You may not have nothing. Listen to Mark eight thirty four. Whoever desires to come after him, let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Cross was the symbol of death. Matthew ten twenty eight. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Whoa. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember that the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my words, they will also keep yours. John 15, 18 through 20. Wow. Jesus is straight up. He doesn't try to deceive you. He tells you what Christianity is all about. The history of people and the people of God verifies the Christian fiery trials throughout the world. Cain killed Abel, Ishmael mocked and ridiculed Isaac, Esau persecuted Jacob, the early church were persecuted uh, by the Roman Empire, Nero beheaded Paul, the Christians who have not recanted for their faith back in the dark ages of the Roman Catholic Church, they were put through horrific, torturous things uh, in ways that we can't even imagine. The Christian in this last century has suffered much in persecution, tremendously in Russia, China, Bulgaria. Cuba. But now we're seeing a very aggressive, antagonistic attitude against Christians in the United States. Revelation 2.10 says, Do not fear any of those things which you're about you're to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days, but be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The believer is to know that despite what takes place in life, God will be faithful to the believer. He says he will never allow us to be tested more than we're able, but with every testing shows the way of escape in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. John tells us that God keeps the believer from the wicked one. The wicked one doesn't touch him. 1 John five eighteen. John says, And now abides faith, hope, and agape love. These three, the greatest of these is agape love in John 13, 13. As the believer is aware of God's love for him to save him, he knows that God will not do anything to destroy him, but will use all things to build him or her up. This is the power of God's love, ladies and gentlemen. As we have looked at the efficiency of God's love from these three perspectives, The proclamation of God's love, the perspective through God's love, and the power of God's love. 
It's all in the context of those who do not walk in the flesh but walk in the spirit, right? Pastor Xavier Reese with an encouraging reminder from today's look into the book of Romans. And if you'd like a copy of this study to dig deeper or perhaps a copy to pass on to a friend, it's titled The Abounding Love of God. You can request a CD for just $4. And this will include everything we heard the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is The Abounding Love of God, or simply mention today's date. Get your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 